All three judges score them out the same, 115 to 113. All three in favor of the winner. And still, WBA welterweight champion of the world, This are they booing? Uh, no, they're saying boo urns. Boo urns. Are you saying boo or boo urns? I was saying boo urns. I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Been a while since you've heard my voice. Uh, last time I did a podcast was for uh, Muhammad Ali. But uh, I, I've been kind of lazy. I uh, recently had a birthday that I was celebrating with uh, family. They came to visit. So I'm catching up on some things I fell behind on, like uh, Thurman versus Porter. I was saying Boo Warns. I, <laughs> I don't understand why all these people, they, they just watched one of the best fights of the year. I'm not sure if it's the fight, but it's certainly in contention. Such such a great fight, back and forth action. I mean, how could you boo it? Maybe okay, maybe they all did see, or maybe they all thought that Porter deserved the victory. I don't disagree with that. And I mean, personally, if you were following me on Twitter, you saw that I scored the fight a draw at it one fourteen one fourteen. Great back and forth action. It, I just. I couldn't believe how good a fight this was. And I also couldn't believe that I'm watching this live on CBS on network television and I'm not paying anything for it. I felt, you know, for a little bit, oh, wow, like, shouldn't I have paid money for something this good? I mean, (laughs) it, it, it was just an amazing, amazing fight. And, I mean, unless you are a Porter fan or you scored it for Porter. I mean, even then I would say you can't really be disappointed. Nobody's stock went down in this fight. Sean Porter, yes, this is the second loss of his career. But at the same time, I don't think that losing a fight like this is detrimental to him. Yeah, it can be a bit disappointing. But at the same time, he's shown that he's one of the elite welterweights in the sport. I mean, yes, Keith Thurman's probably number one, but uh, Sean Porter, definitely a close second. And I could not believe how Sean Porter would, uh, he would take these hard shots from Keith Thurman. I kept expecting him, like, okay, that's the one that's going to finish it. No, he's still standing upright, and he's still in Keith Thurman's face. And, oh, they call him Showtime Sean Porter. I think they should call him Swarming Sean Porter, because I would hate to fight a guy like that. He does not give you a chance to breathe at all. He is just constantly in your face, running after you, chasing you. It's extraordinary. And, uh, uh, can't say enough good things about that fight. I really hope that it's not another, I think they said it was something like 38 years the last time uh, boxing was on CBS. I hope it's not another 38 years before they do this again. Now, The big question is, 
who does Keith Thurman face next? First of all, I don't want to hear the name Floyd Mayweather discussed at all. He's retired. He said that he's not coming back. So we are not going to talk about Floyd Mayweather coming back unless he announces that he is coming back. Okay, I'm just going to get that out of the way. Maybe a showdown with Danny Garcia. He holds the WBC version of the welterweight title. Again, that'd be a great unification bout. Thurman holds the WBA title. Nobody really likes uh, Danny Garcia that much, but at the same time, he keeps winning. He and Thurman are both undefeated. It would be another classic boxer versus puncher matchup. That'd be a great fight. Uh, people are also saying Kel Brook. That, would, that, again, would be a great fight. He also holds a victory over Sean Porter, like Thurman. And, again, like the, the welterweight division is looking it's just looking incredible these days uh i i just don't want any lame pbc tile uh type bouts don't give thurman some easy opponent who he has no chance of losing against we don't want that no uh i i'm i was just so ecstatic over this fight and I saw that some people were giving Mauro Ronaldo from Showtime a lot of crap for, uh, they were saying, oh, you know, he's acting like this is wrestling, because if you didn't know, Ronaldo is, uh, I think he's the announcer on SmackDown or Raw, I I don't know which one, I'll leave that to the guys on the Ring Crew show to correct me on that, but a lot of them were saying, oh, he was acting like this was a wrestling show. Truth is, I'm watching it at home, and I would have been doing, I, 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 I know how he felt. This is an exciting fight. He's watching it happen right before him. How can you not be excited? I mean, at least he's not crying like Jim Lampley always does. What? No, come on. Right, don't tell me that you don't get tired of Jim Lampley bawling like a baby every, you know, two or three episodes of World Championship Boxing. It's kind of like Jim. You know, relax. But no... This was a great night for boxing. Showtime, CBS should be applauded for their efforts, and they should do their best to keep this up, okay? Like, it's a winning formula. People obviously are reacting positively to it, so do it again. Make uh, Thurman versus Garcia. Put that on CBS. That would be an amazing showdown. And maybe on the undercard... Sean Porter versus well I don't know I'm not I'm not a matchmaker for uh for CBS or Showtime but why not why not make this happen I would love also to see a rematch between uh Porter and Thurman both have said oh yeah we'll we'll do it again I I hope that uh Thurman is a man of his word because Porter Porter handled he took the loss very well I think he kind of knew that I may have lost the fight but I've won the event because the crowd was, again, not saying boo earns for him. They were they they were just booing. They they thought that uh, Porter won. Again, I would I would have been happy either way. The only way that I would have been upset with the uh, the decision is if it was, you know, some highly absurd scoring. If it was all one eighteen one ten for Keith Thurman, then I would have been. That would have been saying that was ridiculous.
that would that would have been considered a robbery. But 115-113, all for uh, Keith Thurman. I don't think that's a robbery. With all with all respect to Shane Mosley, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, sir. But no, let let's let's have more of this happen on Showtime CBS because it's what boxing needs. If boxing could do this every or if Showtime and CBS could do this every two months or so, hell, every month, boxing would be in a much better would be in a much better place than it is right now. Moving on. As many of you are probably aware, we are on the road to Canelo versus Golovkin. The only problem is that is a very long road. Yes, they are going to be meeting near uh, the end of 2017. I believe it's September of 2017. The only problem is we have to wait well over a year at this point. I think it's not so much that we want uh, Canelo versus uh, Golovkin. It's just that we want Golovkin to fight for the for the legitimate middleweight championship of the world, the linear title. We wanted that fight when Miguel Cotto held the title. Remember when Max Kellerman uh, was in the ring with him for an interview and said, are you ever going to fight or would you be interested in a fight with Gennady Golovkin? And Cotto put this, he, he got this look on his face like he was going to crap his pants right then and there just by mentioning Golovkin. And he did the, ah, uh, why not? Don't, don't don't say that. You know that's you know rhetoric and hyperbole on my part. No, Coda uh, looked like he was gonna shit himself. No word of a lie. So then the fight between Cotto and Canelo happens. Canelo wins. Says, "Oh, I'll put the gloves on right here, right now." Okay. But instead, he decides to fight Amir Khan, who had never won a decent fight at welterweight or had competed at junior middleweight. Fighting for the middleweight title, knocks him out as expected. Tells everybody that he he's going to fight uh, Golovkin, and then he vacates the title. But we are on the road to Canelo versus Golovkin because they say it's going to happen next year. But... You know, Oscar De La Hoya is the guy who complained. He wrote that that big letter in Playboy magazine about how Floyd Mayweather was bad for the sport, how he made fans wait and wait and wait for Pacquiao versus Mayweather, and it was a stinker. And yet now he's doing the same thing with Canelo. He's saying, no, let's delay the fight for as long as we can. And what I don't get is Canelo's next fight is against uh, Liam Smith, a guy who is... uh, Undefeated, 23 victories, no losses, one draw. I believe he has 13 wins by way of knockout. He holds the WBO junior middleweight title. Why is this fight taking place at 154 pounds? I I don't understand that because they're, they're, they're trying to prep Canelo to become a middleweight. He has not fought at 154 pounds since his fight with Floyd Mayweather. Every fight he had has been above 154 pounds. He's He's been doing the catchweight queen, the Canelo weight stuff. Every fight was, you know, constantly adjusting the weight. It was 155, and you, you were thinking, okay, well, he's tr- slowly but surely building his way to middleweight, and yet 
now he's going back to 154 pounds? Okay. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. To me, anyway. I mean, if it makes sense to you, feel free to contact me. Let me know uh, why it makes sense. But uh, I'm just looking at this saying, why do you need to do this? I don't know. I uh, I just hope that the fight does happen. No controversies. No catch weights. If you're so-called middleweights, then guess what? The weight limit is 160 pounds. No ifs, ands, or buts. Moving on. Now, we may be further away from Canelo versus Golovkin than we'd like, but one thing that we are getting closer and closer to with each passing day is the showdown between Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev for the light heavyweight championship. Both fighters are undefeated. They haven't shown a moment of vulnerability in their careers, but before they fight each other in November, first they have to get past some opponents. Ward will be fighting Alexander Brand, uh, that is coming up next month, August 6th. Uh, Brand is 25 and 1 with 13, or sorry, 19 knockouts. 25 and 1 with 19 knockouts. His uh, only loss was to Badu Jack back in 2012. Since then, he's been undefeated. Should be a relatively easy fight for Ward. I think that he'll get the victory, no problem. Uh, as for Kur- uh, <laughs> sorry, Sergey Kovalev, he has to get past Isaac Chilemba. I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Isaac Chilemba, 24 wins, 3 losses, 2 draws. Chilemba has approximately 13. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, why do I keep saying 13? No. Chilemba has 10 wins by way of knockout. Uh, he actually lost his last fight against uh, El- Eladir Alvarez. That was in Quebec for the WBC light or silver light heavyweight title. Uh, again, this should be easy work for Kovalev. I'm glad that this fight is happening now. Ward's needed something big for quite a while. The last time he was doing something that people really cared about was when he was fighting Chad Dawson. Although people love to constantly say, oh, but Dawson was weight drained. But I am always free to point out that Dawson volunteered to come down to 168 pounds. He said that he would have no problem making 168 pounds. Well, now we and he know better. Uh, Really looking forward to the showdown between Ward versus Kovalev. It's a classic boxer-puncher matchup. I, you know, as the fight gets closer and closer, I'll be trying my best to make a prediction about that fight. But at the moment... I'm drawing a blank because both fighters have looked incredible in their recent uh, bouts. Kovalev obviously looks more impressive because he's just destroying everybody. He made Bernard Hopkins look like a near 50-year-old man. And Andre Ward, yes, he doesn't have the most crowd-pleasing style, but at the same time, he knows how to win fights. And uh, the big question is, will he be able to neutralize the strengths that Sergei Kovalev has? And will he be able to take the punch that Sergei Kovalev can land? It's going to be very interesting to find out. Moving on. Why are people not letting Manny Pacquiao stay retired? 
Do 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 people hate Manny Pacquiao? He had the perfect ending to his career. Goes out against Timothy Bradley, a guy who he shares a victory and a defeat over. And yet he 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 he, he fights a brilliant fight, knocks Bradley down twice, dominates him, looks as good as he has probably best in in years. Okay? He he just looked phenomenal. And yet he said, I'm done. I'm retired. He's a senator in the Philippines. And yet now people want to, they want to see him fight Adrian Broner. Why are people doing this? Why are people asking for this? Why are people demanding this? I don't want to see Broner versus Pacquiao. First of all, the luster over Adrian Broner has faded. There's no real glory in defeating a guy who's already been defeated twice, okay? He got the uh, the ever-loving crap beaten out of him by Marcos Maidana, and I still love watching that fight from time to time. And he also was defeated by Sean Porter. The only impressive thing he did against Porter was knock him down at the start of the last round. That's it, but... Other than that, I'm trying to figure, well, gee, like, what really does Broner bring to the table? Other than that, he's he's just the mini-me Floyd Mayweather. In the fact that, you know, he just talks a lot of crap and people want to see him lose. But the thing is, we have seen him lose. So, it just doesn't matter anymore. Also, I think the matchup would not be very good for Broner. Sorry, I just don't think his style would mesh very well with Pacquiao. And plus, unless Pacquiao actually says, hey, I'm going to come back and I'm going to fight Broner or whoever else, why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about Manny Pacquiao possibly fighting Broner? We shouldn't be doing that. Instead, we should be focusing on fighters like Terrence Crawford and Victor Postol, two undefeated fighters meeting. Why aren't we talking about that? Why aren't we looking at them and saying this is one of these guys could be the big star of their era? But instead, we want to keep talking about Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. I don't understand why people keep calling out Pacquiao and Mayweather. I don't know why after the uh, the con fight that Canelo's people were thinking about a Pacquiao showdown. I didn't want to see that. Nobody did. I don't know. I I think that too many people and fighters particular, particularly are focused on the great fighters of the past era instead of becoming the great fighters of this era. That That's just the way I see it. I don't know. I just don't want to hear any more talk about Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather theoretically fighting theoretical opponents. Unless something is announced by them, I don't want to hear it. Moving on, Chris Ariola versus Deontay Wilder. <sighs> Damn, I was really looking forward to Wilder versus Povetkin, and I was... Pretty pretty disappointed when Povetkin came back with a banned substance. Ugh. 
I suppose that this could be an interesting fight. This could be an interesting matchup. I mean, look, look, I, I want to be positive about this. I'm doing the best I can. Believe me, I am. But I don't know. Ariel is just kind of disappointing in a way. He's 35 years old. And did you see his last fight against Travis Kaufman? I honestly think he was kind of lucky to get the decision. I really do. Not that it did him any good because uh, the fight was, or rather the result was changed to a no decision after he tested positive for marijuana the second time he's done this in his career. He always seems to look more and more out of shape and I don't get it. It's like, why are you doing this? Why are you coming in so fat. I mean, I don't want to sound like an Oompa Loompa, but what are you at getting terribly fat? It it just doesn't doesn't seem to do him any good. I I mean, I remember watching him back in 2007. I thought, wow, this guy could really be something. He could, you know, he 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 looks like he can, you know, uh, punch really good. And yet then I found out for the Vitaly Klitschko fight that that was the first time that he ever really started to do road work. I'm like, wait, what? Are you serious? And then he had the uh, fight with Tomas Adamek where he admitted that he wasn't in the best shape for that. And uh, yeah, well, we saw what happened. He, you know, just kept going along, going along, just trying to stay relevant. And then the Berman Stavern fight happened. He lost that decision. He got his nose broken. And you, you could tell that he knew that he, it was everything was slipping past him. That he was blowing every opportunity he had. So then comes the fight with Seth Mitchell. And he just destroyed Seth Mitchell. One round. And nobody's seen Seth Mitchell since. I'm pretty sure that Mitchell has retired. Because... After that fight, I mean, he was just gone. Nobody nobody even mentions his name anymore. It's just kind of like, well, you know, that was a thing that happened, Seth Mitchell. But, yeah, two and a half or just two and a half minutes, and that was it. No more. Uh, but who knows? If the Areola who trains and fought like he did against Seth Mitchell shows up, this could be a very interesting fight. However... I just think that this is going to be another opponent that Deontay Wilder just demolishes. 36 wins Wilder's got, and all but one have been by knockout, and that was the uh, the title win against Berman Stavern. But I don't know. I, I'm hoping that after this, uh, that, uh, t- uh, sorry, not Tyson Fury, but Deontay Wilder can get bigger fights. Maybe against somebody like Tyson Fury, depending upon uh, how the rematch goes with Vladimir Klitschko. I, it's just that a while ago, the, the heavyweight division looked pretty exciting and people were excited about it, but now we got, you know, there's a showdown between David Hay and Shannon Briggs, and it's just kind of like, really, is is this the best we can do for the heavyweights? I mean, on paper, it looks exciting, but at the same time, the fights that we're getting, it's like, oh, okay, this is semi-exciting. I don't know. It's just me, but 
Feel free to prove me wrong, heavyweights. I do love surprises. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. I was saying boo